0: So I've been thinking about this moment on this day for one month and one day. You say, Christian, how do you know that, that specifically? Because I was in Phoenix on spring break watching basketball in my hotel room when a news update flashed across the screen on March 11th that said there would be no fans for the March Madness basketball tournament. That's where it stood at that time. My first thought was not about my bracket It was about Easter Sunday. I immediately grabbed my phone, saw how many days there were till Easter. There were one month and one day till Easter. And I thought, man, maybe, hopefully, possibly, uh, this thing could be done by Easter and we could gather together. But in the back of my mind, I I already began thinking this, man, this Easter could look different. And as the weeks rolled on, we knew that this Easter was going to be different than any that I've lived through before. I've never lived through an Easter or even imagined an Easter where... A pastor would be at church preaching to people, but people who were who were at home, people who didn't gather together, but that is where we have found ourselves. And, you know, part of me was getting ready for this Easter and part of me... Was living in the world that can be kind of dramatic sometimes. You know, every now and then uh, we can live in a world that overstates things. Every now and then we can live in a world that just is a little over dramatic. Not the not the news, of course. Not social media, of course. Nothing on the internet. But the rest of us, every now and then, can be real. Woe is me. And I began to think, Lord, like no Christians in the history of the world have ever had to celebrate an Easter like this. Lord, what what are you doing? And I felt like I heard the Lord chuckle at me saying, Christian, one, there are Christians who have never known anything but church at home because that's the way they have to do it in their part of the world. And two, if you go back and actually read the Bible, the first Easter looks a whole lot more like what you're doing today than probably what you did last year or what you plan to do next year, because the first Easter happened in small groups in homes and I found a lot of motivation as I started realizing the reality of the first Easter. I thought, you know what? We can make the most of this opportunity doing church, doing Easter at home today. And really for my life, really, I'm going to share a message for you today that I, that I put together for me. I'm just going to share it with you, though, because as I looked at Easter 2020, realizing it was going to be different than it had ever been, but that maybe it could be more powerful Than it had ever been I kept having to remind myself of two things one I had to remember that the first easter was celebrated by small groups of people in homes Easter has been celebrated like this Easter can be celebrated like this and easter can be celebrated powerfully Like this the church of jesus was birthed in homes and today The church of jesus is happening in tens of thousands of homes All over the world, people coming together to celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So it's important to remember, Easter is different, but it's still very, very powerful. It actually looks a whole lot more like the first Easter than probably the Easter that we're used to. And I also had to remind myself of this. We need to remember the power of Easter Sunday against the dark backdrop of a hard season of life. Because for many of you, if not for all of you, you have just lived through the craziest season of your life. And for many of you, if not for all of you, you are looking forward to the most uncertain months of your future that you've ever experienced. And for some of you, that's extremely scary. I know it is for me sometimes. For some of you, that's, uh, it, that's extremely um, anxious. And it is for me sometimes. For some of you, that's extremely lonely. And for some of you, the world just feels, man, it feels really, really dark because there's not a ton of hope for the future. But we can be reminded on Easter, Easter Sunday has hope for our future. Easter, even done from a video camera into your home, Easter can offer hope. If you have a Bible today, I wanna read the first Easter story with you. We're gonna be in Matthew chapter 28. That's where we're gonna hang out. Matthew was a friend of Jesus, who was a follower of Jesus, who before he became a friend and follower of Jesus, He worked for the Roman government as a tax collector, which meant he was a meticulous record keeper. And he was one of the disciples, one of the followers of Jesus as a meticulous record keeper who wrote down the stories that happened in the lives of Jesus and recorded them so that we could read them too. And in Matthew chapter 28, he tells us what happened on that first Easter Sunday because the first Easter looks a whole lot like this Easter. And because we believe Easter still has power In hope during dark times we're going to celebrate that today before we ever read scripture at our church We always like to pause and pray So if you would do that with me if you just bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are If you would take a deep breath (sighs) Some of you haven't done that yet this month And if you're a christian and even if you're not If you would just pray these words if you would whisper from your heart to heaven um, Just pray these words ask god to speak to you today just like that just say god If you're real speak to me today That's going to be our prayer today. Lord, we pray you'd speak to us. Thank you for coming into our homes to meet us right where we are this Easter. Once again, this year again, let the power of Easter chase the darkness of this world away. That's our prayer. And God, I pray you'd help us with that. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to read the first few verses, says this. After the Sabbath... That's Saturday, for those of you who may be brand new to Scripture. At dawn on the first day of the week, that's Sunday, the very first Easter Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene, a friend of Jesus, and the other Mary, another friend of his, went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men the angel said to the women do not be afraid for i know that you are looking for jesus who was crucified he's not here he has risen he's not here he has risen that really is the the theme of all of easter sunday he has risen. I want you, if you're with someone right now, I want you to look at them and say those three words. He has risen. Somebody you're with right now, turn to him and say, he has risen. Kids, if you're with your parents, turn to someone right now and say, he has risen. If you're, if you're with your dog, look at your dog and say, he has risen. If you're with your cat, wake it up because we know the cats don't watch sermons and tell the cat, he has risen. If you're all by yourself with no animals, text somebody, he has risen because he has risen and that is the hope of Easter Jesus rose from the grave. And when we celebrate the hope of Easter, man, life can happen in incredible ways. Remember the second goal that we have today to remind ourselves of the power of Easter Sunday against a dark season of life because he has risen. Easter still has power today. And what I want to try to remind you of in our time together today is I want to remind you of two things that Easter has power over. And then I want to remind you of one promise. That's it. Two Things that Easter has power over, and one promise as we walk through celebrating this Easter Sunday today. The first thing we remember as we look back to the first Easter is Easter has power over lost hope. Easter has power over people who have totally lost hope. As we pick up the Easter narrative, and in another of the gospel writers, his name's Luke. Luke was a historian. He never met Jesus personally. After becoming a follower of Jesus, he actually traveled to Israel to interview people to make sure what he'd been told was true. So he learned a lot about the Easter story. And he tells the story of two people who had been in Jerusalem uh, during the Passover festival. It would have been a huge festival, like downtown Days Times 1000 uh, in Lee Summit. And they were heading home after a long Passover weekend. In Jerusalem seven mile walk back to their house in Emmaus and as they were walking home Luke said just by looking at them you could tell their hearts were broken that's how Luke introduced the story to us two guys walking home and he said just by looking at them you could tell their hearts had been broken as they were walking and talking Jesus we're told came up and walked and talked with them maybe because they were discouraged they didn't look up and recognize it was him Maybe because they weren't expecting it to be Jesus. They didn't really recognize him. But when he walked up and began to walk and talk with him, they didn't really know that it was Jesus. And as he saw their broken hearts and heard their conversations, he asked them a question. Here was a question he asked. He said, hey, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? As, as you're walking home, what are you talking about? And they said, we're talking about a guy named Jesus. We're talking about a guy named Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've heard about him um he was a guy that a lot of people thought was a prophet and he came and preached these messages of good news that helped people connect to god actually healed people who were who were sick and dying he he gave food to people who didn't have any food to eat and, and he kind of he promised that he would one day change the world and and we had maybe thought that he was the the savior that all of our prophets have been telling us about our entire life however they said in Luke 24, 21, we hope that he was the one who was gonna redeem Israel, save us, but he's dead. Like we we hoped that he was the one who was gonna come and change everything, but but he but he died. They they thought their hope was dead. And some of you on this Easter Sunday, you're you're losing hope. You've lost hope. Your hope is slowly dying. Easter has power over lost hope. You say, Christian, why would you think that my hope is maybe shaking a little bit? Because of where we live and what we think is important. When you go read what sociologists say about Americans, they say Americans really place their security and their hope in really five things. And if these five things are good, life is good. And if these five things are not good, life is almost unbearable. Look at the things that Americans usually do place hope in. When we look at American security, the first things Americans place security in is family. If family's good, if family can be around each other, if family can serve each other, life is good. Um, Health is something that Americans chase. There are three different billion dollar health industries. There's a billion health care industry there's a billion dollar health and fitness industry there's a billion dollar health and nutrition industry we're of the belief in america that if we can just stay healthy enough we can chase every bad thing away if we're healthy then then we're going to be okay a lot of americans place their hope in their health a lot of americans place their hope in their finances As a matter of fact, one of the financial gurus of our day, his financial program is called Financial Peace because if you have your money together, you're going to have peace in your heart. We've been taught that finances can give you hope, that finances can give you security. A lot of Americans place their security in their career. If their career is on solid ground, they're on solid ground. If their career is a little bit shaky, they're a little bit shaky. And Americans, when all these things are shaky, they kind of put security in relationships. When these five things are good in your life, life is going to feel really good. When these five things are going well, you don't need much else. But when these five things begin to feel shaky, I mean, everything, everything begins to feel shaky. And right now we're living in a season where, folks, there's a lot of things shaking right now. And it might be time to ask ourselves the question, whether these are gifts or whether these are God's because when these things are gifts, they can be used wonderfully. But when they are gods, man, look out because they can be, they can be shaken. And this season of coronavirus has shaken some of these things that stabilize our life. I had, I had a group of friends last week, actually three different friends on two different days, who emailed me a devotional by a pastor in New York City who I, I love to read and follow. His name's Tim Keller. It's Just a short devotional on Psalm chapter 11, talking about how to kind of get through this season of life and really one thing that he said stuck out to me he gave a little illustration about a lumberjack who was heading into a forest to to cut down the trees in the forest and he said the night before he went in to begin to clear the forest he went into the forest he began looking at which trees he would cut first and he saw a mama bird building a bird's nest up in the tree and he thought man if she builds that bird nest and i cut the tree down she's not gonna have any place to to call home so he took kind of the the end of his axe handle, and he kind of banged it against the tree to scare the bird. And he watched the bird fly away, but then it settled into another tree nearby. And he went over to that tree and kind of banged the handle on the tree. And when that tree began to rattle, it flew off. And then it came to another tree nearby. He did the same thing with the third one. And eventually the bird flew around and it went and it nestled up into a rocky place on the cliff. And the lumberjack thought, she'll be safe there. Keller reminded us that every tree in our life, that we place all our hopes on outside of jesus is one day going to be cut down which means we need to learn to pray the desperate prayer of psalm 61 i love this prayer in psalm 61 written three thousand years ago from the ends of the earth i call to you as i call my heart grows faint lead me to the rock that is higher than i see we've been in a season where family can't even see family We've been in a season where health is so uncertain, there's no vaccination for this disease that you could catch that you're just supposed to stay inside. We're living in a season where we don't know if the economy's even gonna make it out without borrowing trillions upon trillions of dollars. We're, we're living in a season where our careers, some of them are just gone and they'll never come back. We're living in a season where relationships could help us through all that, but we're not allowed to see our friends And a lot of us don't know what to do, but the psalmist cries, I need someone to lead me to the rock that is higher than I. See, a lot of times when all the trees start rattling and the trees start falling, we don't even know where to turn. But if God can help lead us to something stronger than what we've been putting our faith in, then life can change for the better. And maybe this Easter season, God has allowed your world to get rattled. So you will focus on a rock stronger than the things you've been putting your security in. Keller talks about in his Psalms devotional uh, in February 24th in his devotional on the book of Psalms, he said, God sometimes shakes our confidence in our earthly life. So we will yearn for our heavenly life. Sometimes God has to shake our confidence in all the things that kept us from focusing on God here so that we'll remember there's more to this life than just the here and now. and We'll begin to focus on eternity. I believe God can use this season for those of you sitting in your house right now to turn your focus away from the things that used to bring your, you security to the only thing that can bring you eternal security. To see all those things you love as great gifts but terrible gods because they won't last and to turn your attention to a God who will outlive this world. That's the hope of Easter. But sometimes that hope isn't realized until Jesus sits down with you in your house. So in Luke chapter 24, these guys were walking along the road. They didn't recognize Jesus as Jesus until they invited him to come into their house. And when they finally sat down together in their house and began to have a meal together, it said when Jesus was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he began to give it to them. Then, 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 then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Some of you your eyes have been focused on so many other things. And not until Jesus has come and sat down in your home on Easter Sunday have your eyes been opened to realize you need a rock. You need a rock stronger than one that just lasts for here and now. You need something that will last till eternity. Maybe it took Easter at home for Jesus to come sit down with you so your eyes could be open. Easter has power over lost hope. At least the first one did, and I believe this one can too. Number two, Easter also has power over locked doors. Easter also has power over locked doors. So as the quarantine, the stay-at-home orders kind of went in effect, and we went through it a week, and then two weeks, something about it began to feel strangely familiar to me. As odd as that sounds, the more I drove through my neighborhood, it began to feel familiar, and about two and a half weeks into the thing, I looked around and I thought, you know what, this feels like the world that I grew up in. This actually feels like America for, for me in the 1980s, before there were a hundred channels to watch, before there was the internet, before there were club sports. Um, you know, you'd go to school, then you come home from school and you ride your bikes all over town with your friends, and then you go have dinner and your family would hang out together. I watched families in our neighborhood together. I watched kids in our neighborhood together. And I thought, man, this, this feels like the world that I grew up in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You grew up in a similar type of world. I grew up in such a small town. Like I grew up in a world where you wouldn't lock your doors at night. You didn't lock the doors of your house. You leave your keys in your car, in your driveway. Um, certainly things have changed, right? I don't, know, I don't know that it would be wise now to leave your house unlocked at night while you're sleeping. And I I certainly wouldn't recommend that anyone in my neighborhood um, at least leave their keys uh, in their car, in their driveway, because it may not be there in the morning. Either we've experienced something personally that has taught us a lesson, or like me, you've watched too much Dateline, my favorite show, and something has said, we gotta lock it up. We gotta lock it up. We gotta protect it. Um, The world looks different, but it's been a little nostalgic looking at it the last few weeks, taking me back to my childhood. That makes me, Think about a spiritual question. And that question is this. I want to talk right to, right to our dads today. Dad, what is it in your life that happened that caused you to lock your heart up spiritually and say, no more Jesus, um, no more church, no more small group, no more, no more Bible study? What was it in your past? What did you experience? What did you hear? How were you hurt in such a way that you said, my, my heart is locked, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore? Moms, um, moms, what, what did you experience? What disappointment did you have? Who hurt you in such a way that you said, um, I'm going to lock up this part of my life spiritually and I'm just not going to engage anymore? Because those of you who are in that position need to understand Easter has power over the locked doors in our heart and in our life. John, another one of Jesus' friends, wrote about that first Easter and He told us on the evening of that first Easter Sunday, the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. Then watch this. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You know, there are some of you watching Easter services today who were not planning to celebrate Easter in any spiritual way whatsoever. There was nothing in the world that could have got you out of bed and into your Sunday best to come to a church service on a Sunday morning. You just, you just weren't gonna do it. But somehow, even though your heart and your home are locked up today, Jesus has come and stood right in the midst of you through this online church service. Because locked doors and locked hearts don't stop him when he has an appointment with you. And there are some of you sitting and listening right now who have an appointment with Jesus today because your life is shaking and he wants to lead you to the rock that's higher than anything that you've experienced before. But you have to realize Easter has power over locked doors. You say, how? How is Easter so powerful when it comes to the things in my life that have caused me to kind of lock up my heart spiritually? Here's what is fascinating about about what we learn about the first Easter. There was something about seeing Jesus' wounds on Easter that gave his disciples confidence that they could be healed when their lives were placed in his hands. Did you see that? It was, it was when he walked in and showed, him, showed them his wounds that they thought, all right, we're going to be okay too. And some of you have been nursing old wounds that you didn't deserve to receive, but you did. And they have locked your heart up spiritually. And Jesus on Easter walks in and says, look at my hands, look at the spear that went in my side, look at my feet, look at my wounds that are beginning to heal because of the power of Easter. Yours can too, if you would just reach out to Jesus. Some of you, there's no way you were gonna be at church today, but church came to you. You're in your pajamas, in your bed, watching on an iPad. You're sitting in your kitchen with a cup of coffee. You're in your living room, A friend from our church invited you to watch. You would have never come to church, but church came to you because maybe today is the day that Jesus has an appointment with you so you can reach out to him and find the power of Jesus through Easter. Easter has two powerful things, power over lost hope, power over locked doors. But then Easter has this one promise that's really powerful that I wanna show you today. Easter has power. Easter has the power of what I call a long promise. Easter has the power of a long promise. Another scene we see from that first Easter Sunday, as John kind of presents at the tomb that morning, is a a picture of Mary and just a little more in depth, some of the things that she began to experience as she went to, as she went to not search for a risen Savior, but to mourn a dead Savior. We see that she gets to the tomb and in John chapter 20, it said, Mary stood outside the tomb crying, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One was at the head of the tomb, the other was at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was him. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was just the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Raboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Don't hold on to me. Social distancing, six feet. No, he didn't say that. He said, don't hold, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, and to your Father, to my God, and to your God. And then he would say, tell them that I want to meet them in Galilee. Tell them where to meet me. couple really interesting things about this text that we just read. One, when Jesus called out her name, she knew the risen Savior was talking to her. And the reality about the power of Easter in your life is you don't need to hear a pastor in a church. You need to hear the Savior from heaven calling your name. Mary, John, Billy, Tom, whatever it is. Easter Sunday is the day where Jesus looks at people who are so distracted, sometimes they miss when he's standing right in front of them. And he just very gently calls your name and says, Hey, it's me. Jesus said, Mary. And her eyes were open to the fact that her Savior was standing right in front of her. She tried to cling to him. He said, Don't do that yet. I gotta I gotta gotta go do something with my father, but I'm coming right back tell the disciples where to meet me. And he told her, go tell the disciples that I'm, that I'm gonna be right back. It was a promise that was fulfilled that first Easter. Tell the disciples I'm gonna be right back. Jesus told Mary, tell the disciples I'll be right back. But then when he met with his disciples, he said, tell the whole world I'm coming back. He told Mary, tell the disciples I'm coming back and uh, that I'll be right back. And he was, he went and visited them. But then he told the disciples, tell the whole world I'm coming back. And folks, he is. Jesus would tell his disciples in John chapter 14, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back to take you to be with me so you and I can be together so you also may be where I am. Matter of fact, some of the last words of Jesus ever recorded in the book of Revelation from the last chapter of the book of Revelation was this. Hey, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I'm going to give to each person according to what they have done. You say, Christian, man, that was 2,000 years ago. Doesn't seem like soon. Why hasn't Jesus returned yet? It's a great question. has a great answer. Peter tells us that the only reason God has delayed right now in coming back is so that one more person can have one more day to choose to put their faith in Jesus. What if the only reason God didn't come back on April 12th was so that you would have one more day to choose your to choose to place your faith in jesus what if he's been waiting to come back for the entire world so you can have an opportunity to say yes to jesus my wife and i've been taking walks in and out of our neighborhood every day and as we talk to neighbor neighbors i always ask them are you do you get to go to work do you not get to go to work do you need anything and A lot of my neighbors are engaged in what they call essential services. One of my neighbors told me, No, I still get to go to work. We're in essential service. He said, I actually have a letter. If I get pulled over, I have a letter that says that that I work in an essential service and I and I need to be allowed to go to work. As I think about Easter this year, there is one essential service spiritually that everyone is responsible for. And that's this. What are you going to do with your eternity? There is one essential service that everyone is spiritually responsible for, that you have to handle before this life is over. And that is this, where are you gonna spend eternity? What is your eternal hope gonna be in? Who's gonna take care of the messes of your past and turn you into who God created you to be and one day give you an eternity that cannot be shaken? There's one essential service you have to attend to. It's your responsibility and only yours. What are you gonna do with your eternity. Because Jesus says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And some of you Christians, you've been so discouraged in the season, looking around thinking, man, what's gonna happen? Here's what's gonna happen. One day, Jesus is gonna come back. It's gonna be okay. Because one day, Jesus is gonna come back and he's gonna fix all the mess of the world. But Easter's the time where we remind people who are not yet ready for that, to get ready. See, the great news of Easter is that Jesus rose from the grave, which means there's life after death. The good news of Easter is you can choose to do that exact same thing with Him when He comes back for you whenever that time might be. But it's a choice that only you can make. The great news of Easter, when all hope seems lost, Easter has the power over lost hope. His name is Jesus. The great news of Easter, Easter has hope over locked doors. Maybe some things in your life that have shut up your heart tightly, yet Jesus has walked right into your living room and sat down with you today. Easter has power over locked doors. And the greatest hope of all, Jesus says, not only am I going to save you, but I'm going to come back and get you so you can be with me one day. Are you ready for that moment? If not, you can be. Maybe the appointment that Jesus has with you today is to give you the opportunity to open your heart And to say yes to Jesus. To ask for forgiveness of your past. To ask for his presence in your present. To ask for his direction in your future. To ask for his eternal blessing when this world is over. If you've never done that, you can today. You just have to cry out to Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Wherever you might be today, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Dads, moms, sons, daughters, teenagers, children. Bow your heads and close your eyes, but keep your heart open. Keep your ears open. Jesus, we thank you today for the power of Easter Sunday. It is the power to overcome lost hope. It is the power to unlock the doors of our our hearts. Jesus, thank you for the promise of Easter that you're coming back. May that encourage the heart of every discouraged Christian today. May we take great hope in that. And God, may the promise that you're coming back to get us, get the attention of everyone listening who isn't ready for that moment yet because they've not yet chosen to follow Jesus and allow him to be a part of their life. The best news of Easter is that Jesus is coming back. The second best news is that you can be ready for that, but you have to choose it. And with heads bowed and eyes closed in your home, maybe sitting on your couch in your basement on your deck, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, if you've never chosen to follow Jesus, but the circumstances of your life have left you needing a stronger rock to rest upon, open your heart today to his invitation to be a part of your life today, just from your heart. From your heart, tell Jesus that you need him. Ask him to forgive you for the sins that have separated your life from him. Tell him you'll follow him if he'll help you. Make that commitment. Say, Christian, how exactly do I do that? I'll pray a prayer that you can pray with me. Just repeat this prayer after me. It's not the prayer, but it is the act of opening your heart, surrendering your life, committing to follow Jesus that saves you, that prepares you for his coming. Would you just pray these words? You don't have to pray them out loud, just in your heart, from your heart to heaven. Pray this if you need Jesus. Jesus, just repeat it after me. Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to be ready to meet you when you come back. Forgive me for trying to live life on my own. Wipe away the sins of my past. Today I surrender control of my life to you because I need the power of Easter in my life. And I want to be ready to meet you When you come back to me today, today by faith, which means I don't understand it all. But I'm willing to lean in and trust spiritually today by faith. I commit to follow Jesus. My heart and my life are in your hands, God. Heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed all over our community, all over our city, all over our country, maybe all over our world. If you just prayed with me, if you just prayed with me right where you are, I want you to raise your head and I want you to look right at the screen that you're watching. And I just want you, as if you were looking right at me, I just want you to shake your head yes and let me know, Christian, I prayed that and I meant it. If you prayed with me right now, you just look at that screen you're watching as best you can, as we can through the Spirit. I just want you to look me right in the eyes and shake your head yes. Christian, yes, I meant that. I meant that. If you're looking at me and I'm looking back at you through the screen. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that your new life with Jesus brings the hope that I promised. I want to pray your new life with Jesus opens doors like I promised. I want to pray your new life with Jesus ends one day when he comes to get you. Can I pray for those of you who prayed with me? God, for those who today said yes to Jesus. To those who today said yes to hope. Who said yes to giving you permission to enter the locked areas of their life who said yes to being ready to meet with you who said yes to forgiveness who said yes to surrender who said yes to your leadership god i pray that you'll meet them right where they are god be as real in their home at this moment as you were when you walked in to those locked doors in john chapter 20 to see your disciples god let them feel your presence let them have hope let them feel forgiveness let them Lord start a new season a new chapter of life that Lord is eternal because they've surrendered their heart their ways their security for all that Jesus offers through who he is Lord bless them bless them and be with them watch over them thank you so much for praying with me with heads still bowed and eyes still closed let me pray for the rest of you Jesus the very first Easter Sunday you healed broken hearts you restored lost hope You healed old wounds and fears. And God, you've done it again today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Lord, thank you for sitting down in our homes with us this Easter. May we never forget your power and your peace. May your presence walk with us this week and throughout the remainder of this difficult season. Thank you for Easter at home. Thank you for coming into our homes. Thank you for living in our hearts. Thank you for directing our lives and futures. God, we love you and we need you. Be with us as we continue in this season. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen and amen. Hey, Journey and friends of Journey all over the country, right where you are, would you put your hands together for what we believe that God did today in the hearts and lives of people? I believe, I believe God saved people today. I believe that God called some Christians who were drifting back to him. I believe some people made powerful recommitments and I believe for some this was the most powerful Easter they've ever been a part of because Jesus stepped right into their home, right into their heart, right past the locked doors of their home and heart and he did business with them. And we need to celebrate that. Even though we're not together, we are together in spirit. If you said yes to Jesus today, if you're one of the many that we were praying, place their faith in Jesus today. We have a gift that we'd like to send you. At our church, when people make a spiritual decision and say yes to Jesus, whether it's a first-time commitment or a strong recommitment, we believe that that in the course of that year and in the course of their lifetime is their best day ever. So we love to share um, a gift with people. We love to send them a t-shirt. Um, and more important than the t-shirt is a little guide that says, best day ever, now what? All right, I have my best day ever, now what do I do? Just a very small pamphlet that says, all right, as you begin now or you rebegin." Restart your walk with Jesus. Here's what you need to do. We would love more than anything to send you a t-shirt and to send you this little pamphlet in the mail this week. Say, Christian, how do I get that not being with you today? Pull out your smartphone right now. In the text message section, I want you to type the number 474747. Mom and dad, you might do it for your kids if they made decisions. If a friend invited you to watch Journey Online today, and you made a spiritual decision, ask them to do this for you. If you say, I don't want to give my information to a church, right now text your friend and say, Hey, I watched your church. I made a spiritual decision. I want the t shirt and the booklet. Get it for me. If your friend texts you that, even sometime next week, text two words Journey, yes journey yes that means you said yes to jesus today at journey text those two words journey yes to 474747 and we will be faithful to follow up send you a t-shirt and a booklet and we would love to partner with you on your spiritual journey wherever in the world you might live you can actually right now talk to a pastor real time there's going to be some links dropped in whatever platform you're watching if you want to talk to a pastor email a pastor speak with a pastor right now we can do that for you we are so proud of your decision we're so happy for your decision. we love to celebrate with you. So let us know you made a decision today.